Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can follow us on Facebook or visit our website at BeatitudesChurch.org. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. Pastor Kathy, over these last few weeks, has been uh, talking about virtues, and I got to thinking, I call her Pastor Kathy, but she's always referred to as Reverend Sandy Anthony. And I got to thinking about, just for a moment, about this whole Reverend Pastor thing. And I was always called Reverend up until I moved to Iowa. Well, maybe it's a Midwest thing, but everybody called me Pastor Jim. Prior to that, it was Reverend Meadows or Reverend Jim. But when I moved to Iowa, they started calling me Pastor, and so I got, I got used to that, and so I just call her Pastor Kathy. I, don't, I, I should ask her if she likes being called that. Uh, I had one of the kids in my church in Iowa called me PJ all the time, which was for Pastor Jim, of course. So she's been talking about virtues in these last, I'd say, at least four of her uh, sermons, and they were the virtues of transforming anger, of forgiveness, endurance, and then last week she talked about transforming pride. Well, I thought I'd take one more stab at a virtue, and this is a virtue that we really don't hear an awful lot about, and it is not held in a real high esteem in our culture these days, and that is humility. When I was a kid, we had an expression that's something like this, I used to be conceited, but now I'm perfect. And uh, another example I thought of was, uh, remember William F. Buckley, Jr.? Well, William F. Buckley was a uh, conservative writer. He was a political uh, intellectual and a public intellectual and a, a political commentator. And I can still picture him. He, w- he would always be seated whenever he was interviewed. He would be kind of leaning back and with his legs crossed. And, and someone asked him one time, why are you always seated when you're interviewed? And he said, it's difficult to stand under the weight of all that I know. (laughs) Not known for his humility, by the way, William F. Buckley Jr. But humility often is seen as a sort of sign of of weakness, of, of less than, of less than. Remember what Leo DeRocher, baseball manager, said? Nice guys finish last, right? He was no paragon of humility either. Well, we all can remember the lessons that we've learned in our lifetime uh, that have humbled us. When I was uh, growing up, my uh, aunt, uh, my mother's sister, lived in, in uh, Spokane, or excuse me, Tacoma, Tacoma, Washington, and she and her husband were divorced, and she had three little kids. And they came down. We were, we were living in Southern California, my, my parents and I, and my two sisters at that time. And uh, so they moved in with us while they were looking for a place of their own because they wanted to be near family. Well, one night, my dad said to us kids, there would have been six of us, three of my cousins and then three of us, 
to go upstairs and get on in our pajamas. So we all marched upstairs where all the bedrooms were, and we came down in our pajamas, except for Steve, who was my oldest cousin. Steve was he's probably seven or eight at the time, maybe, yeah, seven or eight. Well, my dad said, Steve, you were told to go upstairs and put on your pajamas. Go do it, or I'm gonna have to paddle you. That was my dad's version of spanking, was he called it paddling, which is with his open hand, and it wasn't real severe, but, you know, parents spanked in those days. Nowadays, you'd probably get thrown in jail for doing it. So Steve marched upstairs, came back down, in same clothes. So my dad paddled him. Not, not severely, I mean, here's a kid who was, my dad was not his father, he was his uncle who he barely knew. And with tears in his eyes after he got paddled, he said, but Uncle Jim, these are my pajamas. That was my, one of my dad's lessons in humility. You know how he felt about that big after that. But humility seems to be a pretty elusive sort of virtue in our days. You know, we, we're a very competitive culture and getting more and more competitive, I think. Everything's a competition. We have television, and I use in quotes, reality shows where everyone's competing with everyone else for some huge prize. We have game shows that, where people compete and video games and in business and in finance, in sports. And they all promote this idea of winning. And if you don't win, then you're a failure. That real success in life comes from winning. And if you don't win, then you've failed. In that context, humility really doesn't have a lot of value, if we look at it that way. Because to be humble, then, is a recipe for failure. Our lessons from Luke present it a little differently when it says in Jesus' words, for all who exalt themselves will be humbled and all who humble themselves will be exalted. Well, wait a minute, if we humble ourselves, won't be just, we be trampled to death by all of those with whom we are in competition? Can we get ahead if we're constantly humbling ourselves? Won't we be seen as weak and that our whole lives will just be doomed to be sort of second-class people? Aren't we taught to be proud of ourselves? Can we be proud and humble at the same time? Robert Wicks in his book called Night Call says this, Humility is the ability to fully appreciate our innate gifts and our current growing edges in ways that enable us to learn, to act, and flow with our lives as never before. To be humble is to have true knowledge of oneself, to acknowledge that we not only have strengths, but we have weaknesses to acknowledge as well, they are our growing edges, as Wicks would put them. I think if we grow and learn more about ourselves from our growing edges, then we will learn more than we do from our innate gifts. 
While those lessons in humility we all experience, like getting lost in Marseille, France, or unwittingly hurting the feelings of someone we love, while we learn those kinds of lessons, they may be painful, but we learn from them and we grow from them. And they cause us to be more understanding of the faults and weaknesses of others, their growing edges. Consider this anonymous poem. I had a dream that death came the other night and heaven's gate swung open wide. With, great, with kindly grace, an angel ushered me in. And there, to my astonishment, stood folks I had known on earth. Some I had judged and labeled unfit and of little worth. Indignant words rose from my lips, but never were set free, for every face showed stunned surprise. No one expected me. I think Jesus knew that humility was, was a key to living a life of love. For if we humble ourselves, then we can truly know and love one another. Another, another anonymous author tells us this, when you take knowledge and add humility, you get wisdom. When that wisdom is added to compassion, you get love. And love is at the heart of a rewarding life. I think the ancient Greeks were onto something when in their Delphic maxims included, know thyself. Jesus knew that too. As evident in this passage of Luke when he says, we will be honored in our humility. It is in humility that we grow to be our best selves. That is what Jesus wanted for us, to be our best selves. So when we find it hard to be humble, when we become consumed with pride and obsessed with winning, let us not forget the words of the Persian poet Saadi. I cried because I had no shoes until I met a man who had no feet. Brothers and sisters, it's all a matter of perspective. And Jesus turned it all around for us the other way. To be first, we must be last. That's tough stuff. But that's what love is all about. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can help us to continue this program by making your donations at BeatitudesChurch.org backslash online dash giving. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society.